Hello, happy Wednesday, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Our Pack Politics Podcast. Our podcast is brought to you by our organization, our United Resource Pack. If you don't know, guys, we are a tax-exempt political organization. Hello, hello. I am your host, Brittany McDowell. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, We have been so focused on stimulus talks, rightly so, as we are a political organization that focuses on COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief. But there is something that I briefly want to address during today's episode. Uh, And that is related to the vaccine, because we now have a vaccine on the scene. And the question I pose during this episode is, should politicians let up on their efforts to stimulate the economy now that we have a vaccine again on the scene? So again, don't expect this to be a long drawn out episode because it's not something that's long drawn out and convoluted to talk about. So that said, sit back and let's jump right in because I do have something to say about this new vaccine that is on the scene. I have four words for you. Prepare for the worst. And yes, I say that taking into consideration the fact that, again, we are uh, now um, in a position where we have a vaccine to deal with the threat of COVID-19, right? when we consider the vaccine and we consider what it means for us and the potential it holds for us and the the uh, the expectations we now have for our future as a country, as a people, uh, related to our health and even related to our economy, the fact of the matter is that the economy is going to get worse before it gets better. And I really want you to understand that. We even have experts till this day. They are saying that, look, December and January and February, these are going to be very rough times, not just for the spread of COVID-19, but for the economy as well. And that message is not changing with this vaccine or these vaccines at this point uh, now here on the scene, that that is still the message that they are putting out there. When it comes to stimulus talks, something that you know we've been talking about, rightly so, given uh, what we're focused on as an organization. Um, another reality that we have to face is that look, these negotiations that have supposedly been had, you know, and I'm using air quotes here because, I mean, this many months and we still can't come to some type of a consensus, but these negotiations, fact of the matter is they still have not resulted in a stimulus package for the American people and for the American economy. And that considered literally every day, every second, every hour that we do not have a a, a stimulus package available, things are getting worse, right? Just how every day that we don't have uh, adequate measures to deal with COVID-19, whether it's in the form of uh, a federal response uh, in the form of some sort of mandate or the uh, the widely available 
uh, use of vaccines for all Americans every day, it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And again, the same is said for the economy. And, and look, when it comes to a stimulus package, even still, because if you've listened to me over the past few months, quite frankly, and you consider what, uh, what we deemed as acceptable and adequate months ago, that was a lot more, um, it was a lot bigger, right? Uh, we wanted that bigger package. We wanted two, three trillion dollars to stimulate the economy. And now we're not quite asking for that. Now we're in a different position. Now we are, uh, as a matter of being in a different position post-election, right? We are saying, um, look, we know the administration that we have to look forward to. We also know that, yes, some leverage has been lost since the election, um, we have to be willing to spend less. But even still, when it comes to a stimulus package, any stimulus package that our elected officials determine um, is determine is, is the package they want to put out there uh, for the American people, it has to be big. And I use the example, I've used this example before of a fire, right? You have one camp of people that look at a raging house fire and they say, look, we want to connect a water hose to a fire hydrant and we want to utilize all the water that we deem necessary that is available to us to put out this fire. Then you have another camp of people who say, well, yeah, we want to put water on the fire too, but we we don't want to connect the hose or the hose is too expensive for us to buy. Um, but look, we have a bucket right here. So we're going to, rather than utilizing this fire hose, excuse me, this fire hydrant right here, we're going to go down the street, make this little quick detour uh, and go into this house, turn on their faucet, fill up our cheap water hose, excuse me, our cheap uh, bucket, come back and throw this water, because remember, we're offering water too. We're going to throw our water on this raging fire. By the time, when you consider the, that example, by the time that second group of people, the people who want to use the bucket, by the time they actually go and fill their water hose at their location, their, their uh, required location, rather than using that fire hydrant, by the time they go and they fill their bucket, Do you think the expectation for the fire is that it will have calmed down magically? Or do you think it would have gotten more intense? More likely than not, that fire will have raged on. It would have gotten more intense, right? And, and you can use that kind of example to try and understand the different solutions. Yes, you know, that fire hydrant, that's a lot of water. You may end up you know, with a lot more water than you actually need to the point where you have fire damage. But in the act of a raging fire, is that really the time to think about the amount of water that you are using to put it, to put out this very real fire, right? 
um, most experts, they are at the point where they're agreeing and in, in saying that, look, the U.S. needs to be spending heavily to pop up the economy. You will have some. I'm not saying all experts are on that same page because do you ever really expect all experts in a specific field to be on the same page? I mean, no, right? So, And this is no different. But for the most part, a lot of experts, a lot of uh, economists, a lot of people who are very knowledgeable on the economy are saying that, look, we need something big. We need a lot. We need heavy spending to get this economy properly stimulated, to get it where it needs to go. So we as a people can get to where we need to go, even with a vaccine. This is something else that I need to make clear. Many Americans, you know, in in this past few days, right, have people just said, you know, well, well, we've got a vaccine now. I'm going to forego the mask. I'm going to forego the hand sanitizer. No. Even with the vaccine, especially in these early stages, Americans, they should continue until further notice, until the data shows us, the numbers show us that things are actually getting better and we're not having, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people contract this virus needlessly every day. People should continue to take adequate measures, which in some cases includes hunkering down, which includes not being active participants in their local economies. And this, the fact that people still must take adequate measures to save their lives, unless you're expecting them to do something different, unless you're saying, well, look, don't really care about your life and just worry about the, like, who in the heck, what? Are, are you really telling people not to care about their lives and just go out there and be willy nilly? And, you know, you have Ron DeSantis, who still to this day is saying, out in Florida, well, we're not going to close restaurants because because the economy, the numbers. Are you serious? What look at what's going out there in Florida? But he's still to this day. When you look at him and compare him to, you know, some people think that he's being extreme, and some people would look on the other extreme and say, well, when you look at somebody like Gavin Newsom, he's being extreme. But are we saying to people, look, well, don't care about your life because the economy is more important. Do you understand that if enough people no longer have lives, the economy does not mean diddly squat? And this, in fact, it impacts the recovery. Politicians, they have to understand that this is not the time to worry about the national debt. It's, it's not the time right? In, in what other types of emergencies do we worry about payment? I mean, you could look at something, um, you know, on a, on a non-governmental level, like, you know, when we are, uh, again, when the fire department comes out, do they sit here and they say, well, you know, we can only use X amount of water because, uh, you know, our, our, you know, uh, local officials have told us that the budget is really bad. So we're only going to use about one gallon of water. And if we can't put out this fire, it is what it is. Do we do that? 
do we talk about, and this is something else that literally like, and this is no disrespect to people who live in these areas, but like, do we ever hear about as much as people talk about, for instance, personal responsibility, right? We don't want to help Americans right now because personal responsibility. Well, you should have prepared for a pandemic at some point in your life and you should have had the money available to live, right? That's what we're telling single mothers and stuff. We don't tell that to businesses, people who legitimately should be having business plans. And, you know, some of you who have potentially had businesses know that those sometimes can also mean diddly squat. But, um, we're expecting people to have personal responsibility, but do do you ever hear these politicians, especially when it happens in 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 areas that are t- you know typically Republican and conservative, when they have natural disasters such as tornadoes or hurricanes, right? Do they ever say, well, look, we're going to turn down federal aid. We're going to turn down FEMA money because, you know, the government and the budget and the deficit and no, do or do we ever say, you know what, you people, you people down here living in these areas, you should not have made the choice to live here. Personal responsibility. You see every year, time and time again, but personal responsibility. You got to make better choices, but personal responsibility. We don't do that, right? But in this emergency, we are doing that. Like I said, I boo, I better not see any of these poly, any of these specifically self-labeled fiscal conservatives talk about or be willing to accept any aid if they are not willing to accept aid for the American people related to COVID-19 economic stimulus. I don't care if you have a hurricane. I don't care what goes on in your, in your city, town, whatever. I don't care. Turn it down. Because at least then I can say, you know what, that is a man or a woman of principle because you know what, they weren't willing to help Americans with COVID-19, but you know what, even though their constituents have uh, been bombarded with tornadoes or whatever, or hurricanes, they're willing to turn down that money too. So, you know what, they're a man or woman of principle. So, you know what, I I can't be mad at them, but you do not have the right to want that FEMA money when it helps your people, but try and deny it for everybody else. You don't have that right. And if you are actively out there, but uh, saying, you know, we don't need to help people, but you are willing to help businesses, specifically large large businesses, because I've mentioned before how with the PPP, when you really examine a lot of the businesses that benefited from it, it wasn't your mom and pop shops that it was actually set up and intended for. A lot of the beneficiaries of that program were these very large corporations, very large corporations. but I've gone off on a tangent here, but that said, this is not the time to worry about national debt because we don't do it. Well, we, we, I'm not going to say we don't do it because you do have some people who legitimately, they make that their life's purpose is to talk about national debt, national debt, national debt, national debt. But again, ask yourself when this person has something happen in their local areas that affects their constituents, are they still talking about national debt? Do they turn down help because of national debt? when they want federal help, which is national money. Our growing debt, and I'm I'm going to end with this, our growing debt is 
is is it's 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 a problem, right? So um, I'm not. I'm. I would never say that. Well, you know, we can just accumulate. You know, un, untold amounts of debt. No, I'm not saying that. So, because I don't want people saying, "Well, say, Brittany is," you know, she doesn't care. About, no, I do care about debt. But there is a specific time in which. Let me let me tell you something. Just something that this is one of those kind of things that wealthy people understand and i don't mean just like you know you're um just someone who's just kind of getting by in life and they're living just kind of comfortably they can afford i'm talking about like legitimate wealthy people most wealthy people understand that sometimes you have to utilize debt to make a profit there is such a thing as good debt especially for instance in the real estate market that can be very good debt right but then you have your credit card debt consumer that's not that's not the same thing but but this this idea a lot of people, and, and again, no disrespect to people running around because I understand that their intentions might be, you know, good. They may be coming legitimately from a good place, but you cannot equate the debt of a federal government when you even understand what the dollar is, how it operates, and that it in and of itself is debt. It is created by debt. You really will come to understand that, look, our economy cannot operate without debt. And that even includes our federal government. This idea. Now, have we operated without debt? Very briefly. When you look at our national picture from a very, at a very brief blip in time. We were in a position where we had no national debt. Now I'm talking post-gold standard. But since then, very blip, very minute, very quick, very brief point in time did we operate where, as a nation, we had no debt. But how do we operate with the, I don't know, as I say, how, sway, how, how? But I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm, uh, let me, let me end here. The, the debt is important, even despite what I just said, and it, it, it can threaten our economic future if we let it get out of control. But this time, this time where we are facing a pandemic, this time where our economy is a battered spouse, this is not the time to worry about the debt. We worry about the debt when we get that battered spouse out of that situation. We worry about the gas money that we had to use to go pick her up We later. You know what I mean? Like we worry about that later. Right now we need to rescue her. Because if we keep sitting here talking about, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to use this amount of gas. I've got to go, go to the gas station. And when I go to the gas station, I got to figure out how much I have to use because, you know, I've got this money. And by the, by the time we figure out calculating going to the gas station to pick up the battered spouse, she will be dead. 
And that's what's going on. But like, if we wait too long, we will reach a point of no return. Are we there yet? No, but we are well on our way, even with a vaccine. So to answer the question, does a vaccine mean we don't need to stimulate our economy? The answer to that is very, very simple. No. That's not what it means. A vaccine is not, you know, it's like, oh, no, we've got a vaccine now. So, no, we don't need to. No, we still need to stimulate our economy. Why? Because too much damage has been done. We have to remedy the damage that has been done. It's fall. And you know what that means, right? (laughs) You can find us on Facebook. No, I know that fall and Facebook have nothing to do with each other, but they both start with the letter F. So according to my logic, perfect time to tell you about finding us on Facebook since it is fall. Isn't that exceptional logic? By my point of view, it is. Anywho, in the description box below, you'll find a link to our Facebook page. Check us out. If you like us, like our page, we'll be more than glad to have you. Again, find us on Facebook. Look in the description box below for the link. Hey, this is Brittany. Just wanted to shoot you a quick reminder. Look in the description box of this episode and you can find a link to our website. On our website, you can find our latest blog posts. You can find our contact information. If you even want to make a contribution, you can go over there and do that as well. You can find out the policies we are looking at and targeting as an organization. You know, I say all the time that we are a tax exempt political organization. If you want to know more about that, Again, go on over to our website, our-pack.com, where you can find out everything you want to know. You can do everything you want to do. We will gladly, gladly, gladly welcome you on our website with open arms. Again, check out our website in the description box below. All right, so that is our show this Wednesday, December 16th. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of our PAC Politics Podcast. Uh, And just really quickly to just answer the question, you know, when it comes to politicians and, 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 and their consideration of this vaccine, um, does it mean that they should let up on their efforts to stimulate the economy? The answer to that is no. Because again, too much damage has been done. And if we just kind of overlook it and just act like it didn't happen, we will completely be setting ourselves up for um, even more of a disaster than we've already set ourselves up for. So that said, please stay safe out there. These numbers are not getting any better. Um, We do have hope that with this vaccine that things will get better, but just having the vaccine appear does not mean 
then automatically things are going to just magically turn around. So continue to stay vigilant in your efforts to keep yourself, your family, your communities safe. You know, wear your uh, goggles if you're like me, your face shields, your masks. I'm wearing three masks at one time, (laughs) if you ask me, quite frankly. Um, You know, if you have a hazmat suit, boy, break it out again. December, January, February, going to be super duper, duper insane. And we've already seen that and we're halfway or a day more than a halfway through December. So stay safe, stay vigilant because the fight is not over, but it is a fight that we can win, but we have to all work in this together to see victory. All right. Wear your hazmat suit, people stay safe. And I will not see you Friday because Friday we are, well, everyone else is still working but I am off because I am taking time off for my birthday extravaganza which will happen over the course of a few days and it is an extravaganza but it is one that will be had at home uh, and not out in public because I am trying to stay safe like I tell you to do all right so I'll see you not next Monday either because next Monday I'm also off so I won't see you for a whole week or you won't hear me for a whole week. So hopefully by next Wednesday, we can um, be reviewing some actual uh, stimulus package. But quite frankly, I don't know if I have a lot of hope regarding that because I have not been high on the hopium. Anywho, have a good one, guys. I will see you next Wednesday. Please stay safe because that's the only way we will make it through this.